0: the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello and welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. This is Monica, and today we're running with Cesar Villagran talking all about his first half marathon. He chimed in on one of my Instagram live videos asking about what to wear on race day because the weather was going to be a lot colder than he had trained in. And I followed up with him to see if he would be willing to share his training journey to running 13.1 miles. And he agreed. And it's actually an interview full of super helpful information. We kind of get back to basics, which is really great for both seasoned runners and new runners. Season runners, sometimes we kind of get used to going through the motions of running of race day and forget that race day logistics are super important and bad weather can happen to good runners and we need to learn how to roll with the punches. And we also talk about the things that we sometimes are kind of familiar with that I want to make sure that new runners know, like if you are running a big city race, you might not be starting for a half an hour or more after the starting gun goes off. And that's what happened to him. He actually didn't cross the start line of his first half marathon until 42 minutes after the gun started because of the corral that he was in. This happens. You need to keep it in mind for your nutrition and hydration and bathroom and warming up, all of those things. So I'm very excited to talk with Caesar and kind of go through all of these very important pieces of information we need to keep in mind when we're training for a race. He's lost 60 pounds in the last few years. He went from really not liking running to running a 10K and then half marathon in a year. And he had to kind of overcome the huge obstacle of, Training during Hurricane Harvey and really not being able to run for a while and then getting sick. So, we talk about how that was a big setback and he overcame it, crossed the finish line of his first half. And I'm very excited to share more about that. But before we go there, let's warm up. I ran the PCRF half marathon this weekend, and PCRF stands for Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation. The race is a fundraiser for the foundation and they actually have a lot of different events and you can still donate. It doesn't have to be straight to the race. It can just be to the foundation. So cancer sucks. Cancer and Kids Super Sucks, if this is something that kind of tugs at your heart, I'm going to put information in the show notes so that you can donate or get involved. I think it's obviously a really, really good cause. I will talk about my race recaps soon. I am not sure about race recaps. I don't really read race recaps unless I am running the race, like I will, if by some magical coincidence, I am trying to be responsible and look into the course before I do a race, which is very rare, but I know a lot of people do. Um, That's when I potentially would share that. But let me know if you are interested in recaps on the podcast, because if not, I can just share them on the blog, right? But what I do want to share about race day, and this is super important, and you can help me with this, In the morning before the race, I was rushing around as I am known to do, and I smashed my finger in the door. And you know how sometimes when you get hurt, it takes a second for the pain to set in. You kind of realize I'm hurt and it's like a second pause. And then your body is like, yes, that is unpleasant. Mayday, mayday, freaking out. And what is noteworthy to me And a little concerning is that it hurt and I would like to, that's not noteworthy to me. I understand that's how bodies are supposed to work. If not, imagine you just be smashing your, I don't know, finger and toes into things and thinking that it was fine. Then they would all fall off if it didn't hurt. It's important. It is your body telling you, hey, something's up. Try to be more careful. But my concern is my reaction to it. I would like to think that I have a high threshold for pain. I run 26.2 miles for fun. I have run trail races and I've done an ultra race. I would like to think that, yeah, I guess I can deal with being uncomfortable. I can deal with being in pain and it's okay. However, I've realized because it happened again when I smashed my finger is that I had this kind of nauseous, dizzy reaction to the pain, which is not good because I just smashed my finger in the door. I did not chop off my finger. I just, I don't even know. I'm a little disappointed in my pain threshold right now. And I want to know if this has happened to anyone else. This has happened before also with getting kind of wildly bad news. This happened to me one time before, maybe more than one time before, but I've noticed that when I've gotten like just kind of earth shattering news, I've gotten nauseous and dizzy. I need to sit down or I feel like I'm going to throw up. It, It just like is a wave that hits me. And it also happened when I sprained my ankle bad one time, and that was a really long time ago, so I barely remember it. But I remember kind of getting dizzy and feeling like I needed to sit down on a public sidewalk for a second, because it's better to sit down on a public sidewalk than to full on pass out when you're by yourself. And I partially know that because my friend Jenny in high school worked at In-N-Out And she passed out there and they called an ambulance and it was very dramatic. And so she was always like, if you're going to pass out, just sit down, sit down anywhere. But if you full on pass out from standing and hit your head, obviously you could get very hurt. But also more because we were in high school. She was like, I was mortified. Like she was just so embarrassed that they called an ambulance. So yeah, that's a random tangent, isn't it? Anyways, I was kind of thinking... It would be a good idea to do some sort of natural birthing class so that I could figure out a way to breathe through pain, which I actually thought this was a genius idea until I said it right now. And I realized that everyone else in the class would think it was really weird that I was there. Um. So yeah, I'm going to have to re-examine that, but I think I'm on to something. But if you have any tips on how to deal with this, if this has happened to you before, I just have this very visceral kind of odd reaction to very bad pain, or I mean, emotional pain, obviously, when I've gotten horrible news that I do understand why they say, are you sitting down before someone gives you bad news? Because I had to sit down in the past when I've gotten super bad news because I thought I'm dizzy and I'm going to throw up. I'm going to be so dizzy. I'm going to fall into a pile of my own throw up. Now, how's that? How's that for a picture in your head? I apologize for that, but we're not cutting it out. It is what it is. Okay. This is real life and we're runners. We have to be tough and used to do unpleasant things. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, chime in on the show notes if you have any suggestions for me. And also you can check out the show notes because we are going to talk to Caesar now and I will put a link to his Instagram and some pictures. Now, before we catch up with our virtual running buddy of the day, Caesar, I wanted to give you some notes on things to listen in for because we're just kind of chatting, but there are definitely some points to keep in mind and really potentially learn from and use in your own training and running. First of all, it's super inspirational. He has lost a lot of weight and really just didn't like running and ran his first half marathon and is now talking about potentially running another one, which is super exciting. He was originally running with a group, but felt like he couldn't keep up with them. So ultimately what he did was ask if he could run alone at the same time as the group, but just kind of by himself. So he didn't feel the pressure of having to keep up with everyone. So that's also an option to help keep you accountable. While he was training, Hurricane Harvey hit the area and it set back his training. He couldn't run for a while. Then he... Helped with the cleanup and ended up getting sick. So that affected his training. And that's one of the common concerns I hear often is if someone either has a weather situation like that where they are, or you're getting sick, or you have to travel. But he was able to bounce back from that. He trained in Texas heat. Ultimately, though, on race day, it was super cold. So he had to kind of roll with that. And running a big race means sometimes that you are going to be in a very far back corral. You're going to be waiting a long time before you get to start the race. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, I really love, too, that we kind of talk about how on race day, especially during cold races, people are wearing throwaway gear and they – actually throw it. They don't throw it away in the trash. They throw it to the side. So it's a good reminder for seasoned runners that are using throwaway gear to make sure that you are putting it out of the way of other people so they are not falling or tripping on it or it's making a mess. And for new runners, most races that have, uh, it's weather where someone might wear throwaway gear, they donate that. So that's super awesome. You can, you don't have to freeze waiting at the starting line, you wanna obviously wear something that you are willing to donate, but it's not gonna get thrown away. And you wanna double check with whatever race you are doing to make sure that they are donating it. If not, you can use a trash bag or there are a couple of other options, but we touched on that as well. His big goal was just to finish and he actually had that on his personalized bib, which I love, and we talk about what's next. So chime in in the show notes or you can check him out on Instagram. I'll put a link to that and let's talk to Caesar. Well, I'm super excited because when you chimed in, I think it was like randomly on our Facebook Live before the race. I was like, I want to talk to you after for a ton of different reasons. But first, I forget what was the race that you just did.
1: I did the uh, part of the Houston Marathon. I did the Aramco Half Marathon.
0: The Aramco Half Marathon, and
1: this, uh, yeah, same day and time as uh, we, we, we left together. The half and the pool.
0: Uh huh. And this was your first half marathon, right?
1: Yes. First half America.
0: What had you run what's your running experience leading up to this?
1: Uh running experience, uh, I wrote a I wrote a little article for USA Fit and Houston Fit, but not an article but a a post. It was uh it was really nothing up until June first, two thousand seventeen. I I work at a, a high intensity interval training type of gym called a I have a fitness and and we do, a, you know, we do, a, you know, it's, it's exactly what it says it is, but we do some runs and the words I dreaded the most were renting the stop sign and back was like part of the workout. And I just hated, and it's, we're talking like 200 meters uh, back and forth. So it was, uh, it was really nothing. Uh, I had multiple times in the last five years, joined running clubs and always dropped out like week one, week two, for whatever reason, uh lack of motivation or, or just uh, unable to, or, you know, in my eyes, or in my mind, unable to uh, keep up with the group and, or whatever. So for June 1st, it was really 5K was the most I'd ever done. And I think my fastest time was uh, 57 minutes at, before. This. So that was like a couple of years before I started really, really working out.
0: Mm-hmm. And so th- that's a huge... I mean, progression in a short amount of time, yeah. if you were doing from just June to January. So this was within six months that you kind of got Correct. into running and ran a half marathon. How, did you run any other shorter distance races in training or leading up to that?
1: I did. Uh, so I, yeah, I joined the running group and, uh, and we were training, starting in June, we were training for a 10, I was training for a 10 K October 29th was a 10 K day. And that was going to be the farthest I'd ever run, including my training. I think my longest run before that 10 K was like five miles or something. So, so yeah, so that was kind of like the halfway point of that training kind of, and I, I had to decide then if I was going to continue with the group and, uh, and continue the training and so I could do the half marathon. So it was then that I signed up for the half marathon.
0: After you finished the 10 K? Yeah what what made you do the 10k and feel like yes i can run double this now
1: uh because uh a lot of reasons but uh one is uh the support i had from a specific person who uh who asked me to sign up for the 10k to begin with that first week of june and she's uh, someone that i uh hold in super super high regard and uh admire a ton. And she was, uh, and she's super fit. And she was always like, you know, she just from day one was never, uh, she never like, you know, judged me by, you know, I looked like I was overweight or whatever. She just was always very encouraging. So she, uh, she was training. We joined the same running group, but she was training to run the half. So the race we ran was, it's called the Houston half marathon. And I did the 10 K, the 10 K and she did the half. And then she's like, and she made the decision to run the full. And I said, well, you know, I got to come along because she, I felt like she invested a lot of her time in just uh, phone calls and and text. And, and you know, uh, even though we didn't ever get to train together because she was, you know, faster pace and running longer miles. So, you know, I had a lot to do with it, of course, because I had to actually do the stuff. But without her, I, I would have never done it. Like without having that encouraging, supportive person, I would I would have quit because I had no accountability. Nobody was I wasn't going to let anybody down. So having I think that's the way kind of my brain works. If I'm if people hold me accountable some way or another, I perform best. Mm -hmm. Just not self-motivated.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that because a lot of times we think about running buddies as someone you actually run with. And on some level, she's your running buddy. And like you said, you weren't running with her. But there was that kind of connection that you guys were checking in with each other did doing the 10k kind of give you the confidence to go all in on the half marathon
1: i think it did just because uh you know my mind thought a block running a block was impossible and then as i was going through the running training weekly and and doing you know long runs and i mean doing tempo runs and doing hill training and then long runs on saturdays every saturday was a longer distance it started at 35 minutes and then i got to a point where i was doing five miles and i was like well it's just like it's like it reminds me of like college algebra like if you skip a day or two you're done like you gotta withdraw but as long as you do the work it's really easy it's not easy but it's it's not as difficult mm-hmm. so as long as i did the work i saw that I, you know i saw improvement and i saw like my endurance and my stamina and and like you know the I didn't have any aches or pains, you know, like knee or, or ankle issues. I did go through like a couple of uh, uh, illnesses uh, during. And then, of course, Hurricane Harvey, which happened, uh, you know, in the middle of my training for the 10K. And that kind of set everybody back. If we could not run the Buffalo Bayou, which is where everybody runs, it's flooded and we couldn't get anywhere. So yeah, it was definitely, uh, it, it just felt, I don't know, it just. it's just my mind started thinking differently. I mean, it's all it comes down to. And I just learned that if you could overcome your mental barricades, you could, I mean, you really can do anything you set your mind to. It's just, it's just getting over those uh, hurdles that, that make you think that you can.
0: Oh, completely. So what did you do to work around not being able to run for hurricane Harvey? Did you find somewhere else to run? Was there a time period where you couldn't really run because of the weather? What was that?
1: So for a week, you know, the city was shut down for a week. And so I think everybody was at that time focused on uh, recovery efforts and, and whether you were affected uh, your own personal property or whether you were trying to help others. And that's kind of the slot I fell into. I didn't have any damage and my family was, my parents' house was good. So I focused on, on helping others. So um, a group of us would, we just volunteered. So for about, for and for about two weeks I volunteered after Harvey so I didn't really run much during that time. So I went probably I probably went uh a good ten days without a run from the time Harvey started and the time I kind of uh started stopped volunteering. But um I got really sick uh during the because we did that we had a day where we just did a bunch of uh like silt removal and so there was like a ton of dust and dirt and And it's just really, I got a really bad uh, respiratory infection. So that shut me down. It almost, I was almost went to square one after that lung capacity wise. Like it took, I felt like it took me another 10 days to get where I could run three miles again without like, like feel like I'm dying. It was just my lung capacity was non-existent. So it, um, Harvey sent me back about, I think it sent me back about six weeks because, uh, when I first started training for the 10K, I was going to try and surprise my friend and run the half at the time that I run the 10K. But it's, I got set back so far that it, I had to kind of ditch that uh, optimistic dream. So, But I was still on schedule with what I originally signed up for.
0: Yeah, for the 10K, which I'm glad that you say that because I think one of the common things that people ask me is when they get sick with the flu or a cold and they are out from running for a week. And they are freaking out, right? Because it's like, I I missed my run. Do I do two long runs this week? Or, you know, they kind of want to know how to get back on track. And if you Mm -hmm. came back from that, which is a huge time period of both, you know, not being able to run and and being sick. That's, I think, very motivating and inspirational because it's not easy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, like, my mind wants to, like, overachieve and like, yeah, yeah, I'll run twice. But my friend, my supportive friend, uh, Kim, she's like, you're going to hurt yourself, man. Like, stick to the program. Like, just stick to it. Like, like, yeah, you feel good and, and you want to do more, but just stick to it. And, like, she, like, had to, like, you know, she pulled back the reins on me. And I was, like, all gung-ho and I feel good and I want to go run more. And, and she's like, just stick to the plan. So um, it's a little combination of, uh, you know, once you get over those humps and you're really motivated, you you got to. You gotta still uh, kind of convince yourself that uh, you should stick to the plan. Not overdo it, especially uh, especially those months in Houston where it's just brutally hot. I mean, the humidity is is incredible, and you have to run really early in the dark just to avoid some of that stuff. So, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. But I think those things made me stronger on those nice, cool days where I felt like I was, uh, you know, my times were faster, and you know, I just I just felt great.
0: Oh, completely. I mean, hard weather makes for a stronger runner all the way. And I like what you said. Shout out to Kim because she's very smart. I think that happens a lot where we think more is better. And it's like run smarter, not harder, because sometimes it's not going to benefit you in the long run if you end up being burnt out physically or mentally. So that's good that you stuck with the plan. It worked out. You ended up at the starting line of a half marathon and you mentioned the weather the weather on race day was very different from what you were training in, right?
1: Correct. Yes. It was, uh, I want to say it was that when we got in the corrals, it was probably 35 degrees. And, uh, and so I trained from, from the whole spectrum, from like 95 with hundred percent humidity to about 40 degrees with low humidity. So everything in between it was uh, you know because we started in in june and that's when the heat in houston is uh you know june july august september it's not till october where it starts to uh cool down a little bit and so that the day of the 10k race we had a cold front that came through and that was like my first real experience in cold weather and cold weather preparation like layering and gloves and I was freaked out because I was running I was seeing, I was like having to go over all these like clothes, you know, it was all new to me because I'd never experienced that. So I was like, wow, man, who's dropping their sweat? <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, that was something new. There's a lot of new things that, you know, someone first timer that, that you experience, uh, you know, whether it's like, you know, standing in corrals and, and you know, I, I didn't realize this, but it, uh, when I crossed the start line, it was 42 minutes since the gun went off. That's how many people were ahead of I was in Corral D, which is the last corral. And so like it just takes so long, you're just gonna stand there and, and that's a long time after you've kinda warmed up already and you're just kinda standing there and your are shoulder to shoulder and and maybe some tips for from some experienced people like yourself on like what to do when you're standing in corral, Because, you know, it's just doing the normal stuff, like, you know, kind of heels up and down and just kind of moving around a little bit, but this is after i was like i had you know you know like 100 square feet of area where i could roll out and stretch and warm up and so that was something that was uh that i definitely wasn't prepared for yeah uh was uh, you know what to do while i'm standing there for uh you know i was probably standing there an hour i think i was probably maybe longer i was probably there 30 minutes before the gun was going to go off and i crossed the line at 42 minutes after it went off so So uh, an hour and 15 minutes, I was probably like, from the last time I warmed up. So that's a pretty long time.
0: That is a really long time. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because these are all things that once you start doing more races, like I'm, I'm aware of, but it has such a big impact on what you're wearing beforehand, when you eat, like your nutrition and hydration and just like nerves building up and using the porta-potties, like all of these things factor into that timing. So I'm definitely glad that you mentioned that. It must have been a really big race then. This So was this for the half marathon that you were in the Corell's or the 10K?
1: So this was for the half marathon. Yeah, the full the and the half. I forget how many thousand people are in it, but uh, I mean, it was as far as I could see forward and as far as I could see behind me of people. Uh, I don't know, 9,000 people. I think is probably a number of uh, eight or 9,000 people.
0: It's just it is such an awesome buzz, though, like race day. Race morning, everyone there. It's super, super exciting. What um before I go there though, on Race Day, what training plan did you use? Did the running club give you a training plan?
1: Yeah, they did. And uh I started with those guys and it was I was like in, you know, they, they separate the groups by, you know, by pace and then uh and so then they give you a plan and what happened to my group is it just disappeared after like the third week. So I was running alone with the coaches and um and I didn't really I didn't really like that too much because one, the coaches, they wanted to talk to me and, and I've never have been able to achieve a conversational pace. And so, so I asked them if it was okay, if I just ran on my own, I was like, you know, I was okay. I was like, just give me the plan and, and I'll run on my own and then I'll meet you guys. Like I still ran at the same time, but I ran on my own and then would meet the entire group, uh, at the end. And we did like 30 minutes of stretching or yoga or something. And then kind of uh they always had like some special guests and so so yeah i stuck to their plan and then i think it wasn't after maybe after i i commented back and forth with you or something that i started i just start doing the galloway method until after the 10k so i tried to run it all the way through the 10k and it's a real hilly portion of houston just a bunch of underpasses and so I was really fatigued, like it would have really helped me on those hills if I would have used the, the 5 and one method, which is what I use for um, for my long runs and for the half marathons, which, uh, you know, once I started doing it regularly, it was, I was running my fastest three and six miles um, that I'd ever done than trying to run straight through. So, uh, so yeah, that was the combination of the Houston Fit uh, plan that they gave us, which was meeting with them twice a week to do either hill training or temple runs. And then Saturdays was the long run. So we're meeting with the group three times a week, but only was like in front of people for the hills and, and for the temples. So, so yeah, that's kind of what I stuck with. And that kind of research Galloway method. And I was like, I think that's what it's called, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Thing, yeah. 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 So
1: yeah, I kind of researched that. And then I asked a few people and everybody would say, yeah, I ran my fastest half doing it that way. And I I was like, in my head, I was like, how's that possible? And then I did it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I feel good. And I was like, I wasn't this fatigued and it was just, uh, yeah, it just worked great.
0: Yes, I love that you say that because people are so skeptical. You know, you were skeptical when someone else says, "I, I took walking breaks and I was faster. It kind of, it's confusing, but it works. I mean, you're Another example of it working, so I love that yeah it,
1: yeah, absolutely
0: good, so then race day, how did the actual half marathon go? so race
1: day was uh uh you know it's just uh you know it's just a bunch of baller of nerves there from I think I had to um just had to be there really early, and I wasn't planning on going to a church service, but they happened to i happened to see a sign and I was like, well you know, I need all the help I can get so I went and sat in the uh, church service and, uh, and you know, had some uh, worship music and everything and warmed up. And then, you know, once I got going, I suffered. I looked at my watch at mile two and I was two, I was three minutes ahead of, I was supposed to be running at 13. So I, was so, I should have been at 26 minutes at mile two. And I was like at 22 and a half or something, or 23. And so I was like, I got to slow down. Uh, but it was like, I had, all this adrenaline and all the people and, and, uh, you know, and I was just like, I felt, and I felt good. I was like, there's no, like, I didn't feel like I need to slow down. And I'm like breathing it. No, I felt like really good. And I was kind of moving good. And so then I was like, okay, slow down. But I think I, I would, I would catch myself like looking at, I would catch myself, looking at my watch and say, okay, slow down, man, because like, you're going out too hard. And, and, uh, so my, so everything was going good until, uh, you know, I was like, uh, I I ran more than, let me just say this for the record, I ran more than a half marathon because I was zigzagging to get all the oranges and cookies and Gatorade. And, like, I would go left and right and left and right. Like, I was just trying to, like, stay hydrated and stay, like, like, keep eating something because I, you know, I was just really worried about, like, cramping up. And then mile 10 was when my left calf decided to turn into like basically a ball of concrete like it just it just got so tight I mean instantly and so um you know I I, I didn't really know what to do I was like like do I stretch do I walk like I I didn't have a plan for that so uh, you know I tried to do like you know I knew that I was going to be able to eat or drink enough to to fix it immediately so so I did so I started stretching yeah I'd grab a you know whatever pole nearby and stretch my calf out and then what I figured out was that I just had to stay below a certain pace. Anything faster would, like, immediately, uh, it would spasm. So um, mile 10 to, to the end was, mile 10 to 12 was pretty slow. And then uh, mile 13, you know, the last mile was tons of people and tons of, like, beer and stuff. And, and like, you know, you like, you don't want to stop because, you know, you like, people are watching. So you get this whole thing going through your head. So I was just... Uh, So I felt really good then. I was able to finish. I finished at the same pace, like a mile, like a mile, whatever I was doing at mile six and seven is how I finished the last mile. So I got, I was able to, you know, I had a little adrenaline, so I was able to get back up to like 1330 or 1340 and finish the last mile strong. So, so yeah, it was, uh, I had a goal of uh, three hours, which is like a 1345 pace. And, uh, I ended up doing, like, 320 because I had to do some, you know, more walking than I wanted to. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, and crossing the finish line, like, there's no, uh, I didn't know what to do. Like, uh, I mean, i was not, like, a crying kind of guy, but it was, you know, it was emotional. with was, uh, you know, I'm a God-fearing man, so I was, you know, I looked at the sky first as soon as I crossed. And it was like, uh, you know, a lot of my friends, um, for whatever reason, uh, I didn't have any, I think I saw two people I knew. And then like three other people said they saw me, but they're like, man, you're so focused. Like you were like, like you were just looking straight ahead, moving. And so maybe I didn't see some people, but I didn't have like someone waiting for me at the finish line or anything. Uh, my friend Kim was behind me. I was just running the full, and I be- immediately did the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, the. The uh, like I don't know if you ever seen those videos on like PBS of the penguins and they're all walking like the hundreds of them and they're all kind of wobbling. And that's what that's what the George R. Brock Convention Center looked like with all of us kind of wobbling <laughs> around after, <laughs> after we finished. Right? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> yeah, we're all like high knees and stuff in the morning, and then next thing you know, we're just like we're just dragging along like. Oh, God, <laughs> so. So I didn't feel bad because, you know, I saw a lot of people like laying on the ground and a lot of people, you know, everybody was, I was, I was the people who had, did, that didn't limp around, which was very few, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe you didn't run harder.
0: I know, right? <laughs> you phoned it in. You phoned it in. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, you yeah, know, that was cool. And I was, I was really like, I'm, I didn't, as much as I wanted to go home and do whatever I was going to do. I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure I honored Kim and, and waited for her at the finish line, just so she, uh, you know, just show my support. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was, it was, uh, it was just, just amazing. It was leading up to the race. I was like, okay, as soon as I cross the finish line, I'm going to retire from long distance running I'm never going to do it again, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm like, I'm at a point now where I need to sign up for next year's half marathon. Yeah, I've convinced myself that I'm gonna do it. You know, I, my first goal this year was just to finish, and that was on my bib. That was my bib name, just finish, and it was cool to hear people, you know, just yelling like just finish. And so that was. Um, so next year is uh, to try. Next year is to try to hit the three hour goal, and uh, you know, finish under three hours. So um, kind of kind of lost to what to do right now between now and like like what should be my maintain runs what should i be doing until like i really start training for the half again because i probably won't be doing any other halves in between or anything yeah so i'm just trying to figure out like where the where's the sweet spot as far as like you know you know trying to stay healthy and and not work my legs too much but maintain uh you know I've, i've been doing six miles on saturdays just to kind of keep that going but You know, I guess once I do the research or ask some people, maybe, uh, maybe in June again, I'll start training, you know, doing the regular uh, scheduled training for the half marathon.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I would say it seems like what you did worked. So I would maybe even do that 10 K or another 10 (laughs) K in between, um, just kind of stay in the mode of training for something. So you're used to a schedule, you know, I think, yeah kind of sometimes other things get in the way and that's why. But if you're in the habit of, and or whatever it is, like you have the set time, however many days a week that you're working out and a training plan is easy then because you, you have that and you could just switch to another training plan for the half, but that'll keep you at least in the mode and fit. And yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I got a 10K coming up in uh on February 24th. Is a 10k I'm doing with some friends. It's part of the Houston rodeo, and then I'll probably do another one. Like you know, the the baseball team will do one. The Houston Astros will do a a five and 10k uh, somewhere around April. So I'll probably do a few 10ks throughout the year, and then sometime in June, just fall into like a maybe June July fall into you know a long term training plan, like a six month training plan leading up to a half with the with the specific time
0: goal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Good. That is super, super exciting. And I'm definitely going to follow along. I know we've got to wrap up, but I need to ask you first, what is your then, um, favorite run on an average given day? What's kind of your favorite place to run or distance to run?
1: Favorite place to run is Memorial park. It's a, uh, three mile loop, uh, on decomposed granite surface. You know, really easy. Uh, uh, really, not really easy, but uh, you know, not as not as much impact as running on paving, so a uh, little give, and uh, six miles, I think, right now, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but six miles is my comfortable run on a Saturday morning, uh, really early, like six o'clock, and I try to shoot for, uh, you know, every, I think every time I've done it since the half, so I've I've taken a few seconds uh off my time, so like uh, I think I when I did it in October 29th, I was at like. And I think I've got it to like an hour and like maybe twenty one or twenty two minutes
0: that's huge so, that's big that's a big difference
1: so yeah it's a i think um uh weight loss is uh, you know i'm still trying to lose uh you know'm still working on the weight loss and uh and so uh, you know every time you know every pound I lose is like one pound less and i gotta haul around so um so that's 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 helping and just uh staying committed to that uh those nutritional goals that I have I think are going to help me uh you know losing weight and and will help me and the training and stuff but losing weight will help me a lot you know if I'm 40 pounds lighter come next half marathon that's going to be you know that's going to be a huge help for me to help me reach some of those goals so so that's my that's my favorite place to run memorial park uh it's kind of out of the way and I pass up I pass up two parks to get there but it's just where I feel, uh, I just feel good there. I don't, there's not a lot of landmarks to like where my mind is like, okay, I got this much more to go. You know, it's just, it kind of allows me to kind of escape a, and just get lost in the run, if you will.
0: Yeah. I love that too. Well, not, <laughs> this is kind of undermining your nutrition goals potentially, but what after a race is like your victory lap, indulgent? meal of choice or treat
1: uh what did that have
0: i had um so i
1: was thinking about carbs like that's what i was thinking about having so i ended up having like a uh and this stuff that i hadn't been eating so i had like a big like a texas sized grilled cheese sandwich with with french fries and a couple of beers so that's kind of what i ate uh like that's what i was like i hadn't eaten that stuff like in a few months so I was kind of looking forward to that, eating something with a lot of carbs and a lot of cheese and a lot of calories, basically. So, yeah, that's what I did.
0: Uh, After the race? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think if I
1: had, like, my choice and it was like, you can have anything you want waiting for you at to the finish line, it would definitely be tacos. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could, like, just have, like, my wish come true, it would be, like, tacos, just, you know, flour, tortilla, fajita tacos. So, So, yeah, so just, you know, anything uh carby and greasy
0: what do you think is your most helpful piece of running gear or what is the running gear item that you cannot live without
1: i I gotta go with shoes just because number one because of my weight having the right shoe makes the world of a difference you know a lot of things will help you if you're overweight but uh, if you're heavy and you know you and and if you're flat-footed like i am and if you and all those you know, I do like everything bad that you shouldn't do but getting fitted for shoes was the best thing I ever did and those New Balance those New Balance shoes are uh I just love them I think it's time for new ones I, you know I'm not like a like a career runner so I don't have like a stockade of running shoes but uh, <laughs> you know that's the one thing that made the biggest difference because I have a bunch of you know like anybody else I got tons of shoes and trainers and and stuff that I thought were good, but nothing felt, I never felt as good as I felt running in those shoes. Like, no more shin splint issues, no more, like, bottom of my feet aching. It was just, uh, you know, having the right shoe, the right size. I think I was buying, like, a too small, like, uh, I think a regular day-to-day shoe that you wear just to go to, like, parties. It's not the right size Mm -hmm. for running. And so I think I was, like, you know, I had, like, not the correct shoe. So once I got this shoe, I was, like, man, I was just in a, it was just a whole nother. Which
0: one is it? What should well,
1: I'd, would uh, I'd have to I'd have to send you, I'll message you the, the exact name, but it's a new balance, but I
0: forget what. Uh, okay. I just know that people are going to ask, especially with how you're raving about it right now. <laughs> like everyone, there's a lot of people right now that are like, sold. Which one is it? So message me and let me know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, I went in there. They put me on a treadmill. You know, They did like the food. So what I did was I just i didn't want to go in there like like just someone like they could i asked a few questions like hey i want to make sure that uh you know the shoe fits right and, and, and you know i need you to you know make sure that someone qualified is watching me like walk and, and and so once i started asking those questions they actually switched out the like the salesman or whatever they you had know, this older gentleman came and he asked me a few questions he put them in a the treadmill and so he kind of was, that's what I, I mean, I don't even know what they're looking at, but I just knew that it was, I didn't want to just be like, give me some shoe off the shelf and charge me a whole bunch for it. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure, and it ended up being a neutral. So, so whatever that means. So in my head, it means like, it's not really uh, whatever, left or right. It's just.
0: Either that yeah, it's not the, as think, s- supportive as a stability shoe, which since you mentioned you um, might over pronate, you would assume like someone that thinks they pronate would go for yeah. a stability shoe, but obviously you, to go in, you wouldn't know that. And they suggested something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they did that. And it was, um, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I forgot what else they tell me. I was trying to think of something that they that, that they were talking to me about, but, oh, oh, and, and then my foot's really wide. So that's another, like I wanted to go with the Hoka because I feel like we use the Hoka, but he's like, that shoe's not made for your foot because, your foot's kind of is what they told me that's going to be wrong or whatever but but he's like your foot's kind of wide and these shoes are made these are, they're kind of narrow so you could try it on but here's what i think and i went with like they gave me like three choices and being flat footed if i have a whole lot of arch support that kind of that hurts like to me it just hurts like i i rather my foot sit you know pretty flat so whatever shoe it is and i'll send it to you but it, it's been great and uh you know either get the same one or something very similar Whatever. i uh Go in there again.
0: Perfect. Do you have a running mantra?
1: I think I have. Uh, no, I don't have. Uh, I just, you know, I just. I read so many self-improvement books that I have like so many mantras. But it's just, um, I don't know. It's just, you know. if you, it, it, And it comes down to, to the mental part, and is it, 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 it? I really believe that if you, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Like you just, you just really can. And uh, and right now I'm reading. The, as a man think is which is basically you are who you think you are and and it's true it's like you know if you if you can help if you can change to a positive self-talk instead of negative self-talk which i was probably the world's best at it you can achieve so much and uh and having someone that 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 helps you with that helps a ton like i'm not the type i'm not self-motivated i'm not like you know lance armstrong or any of those guys who don't need any you know one telling them what they need to be doing but but, you know, having someone, uh, having someone, my trainer, he's a great guy. And he's always, he's been very helpful. Um, Kim, like I mentioned, has been a tremendous help. Uh, my family's been very supportive. They don't even, my parents, I don't even think they know what I'm talking about when I say that I'm doing a half marathon. They're, you know, they're just, you know, they immigrated from Mexico. I don't think they've ever had any exposure to that. They're just like, the first thing my dad asked me was, did you win the race? <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Finishing was, with, with, so I was trying to explain to my dad what, you know, what it was, but, uh, but yeah, they're very supportive. So, um, they, I think, I think, you know, if I had a mantra, it would be something related to just, you know, just believe in yourself. You, you, you can do it if you, um, you just really can
0: I love it. And I love that your dad asked me to ask to that. That is really, really cute. Someone has, someone has asked me that before too. Like I was at a race and I parked not where everyone else parked. Like I, there was a shopping center that I parked at. And as I was walking back to my car, someone um, realized that I was coming back from the race. I have the medal around my neck and they're like, did you win? And I was like, no. And I just kept on like, I was just like, that's like really funny, but thanks. <laughs> I yeah. should. I should. We should just. When someone asks you that, just say yes and high five them because I feel like they would be super excited too for you. Like congrats. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. doubt. <laughs> I didn't want to tell
1: my dad that because my dad would probably call my uncle. And say, <laughs>
0: tell, tell, tell everyone.
1: Do you know that someone's gonna say, "Hey man, somebody said you won a half
0: marathon." <laughs> so he be like, "What half marathon was that?" I was like, oh god! <laughs> you, won, you won for your division of first time yeah. half marathoners named Caesar that live here. That's what I tell myself, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah no
1: doubt. If, if there was a, if there was an award for the person, like I said earlier, who who ate the most Cliff bars <laughs> and orange slices, that would be me. I would be the champion of that See? because I was like. I was loving it when that like I was like the best orange I ever had in my entire life when I had that. So,
0: boom, Caesar. Yeah, I
1: won that. I won that category.
0: <laughs> you win. I love it. Thank you so much, Caesar. I super appreciate you sharing your story. And you can follow him on Instagram at Caesar V One One Two Seven and give him a shout out tag him and at run Eat, repeat as you're listening and let us know what you're up to when you are are you running with us right now and i am also putting a link in the show notes to some of the things he mentioned the shoes um the book he mentioned and like i said his instagram and some pictures of his progress and post race pictures and now let's get to the awards <laughs> Today's awards were just my stream of consciousness, things that I was like, what do I love right this second, right this second, right this second. I love that it is warm here because I'm a fan of that. And it makes me appreciate iced coffee that much more because on cold mornings. And again, that's kind of a relative term, but I suffer through iced coffee sometimes when I'm cold. I also want to give an award to my Middle finger for getting smashed, but not falling off. And I'm trying to acknowledge it and bribe it into my nail not falling off because right now it is purple and unhappy. And I am saying, you know what? You deserve an award for surviving that smash. Please don't let your nail fall off. And finally, to donuts in the microwave, because I had a super awesome meeting with two of the girls that are running the Boston Marathon this weekend with the Highlands team. And that's who I ran with last year at the Boston Marathon. And they asked me tons of questions and we had a really good time. I love, I know this is surprising, but I love talking about running and eating. And we had donuts and I just think, The entire time we were eating the donuts, I was like, where is there a microwave? We were at a park. And I just thought, a donut in the microwave is one of the most amazing things in the world. So please just pass that on to your children and your children's children. Put that in your family crest, Will you? Thanks. If you have a question for me, you can leave it on the podcast voicemail. I will put the phone number in the show notes, or you can email me at runnyrepeat at gmail.com with podcast question in the subject line. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was fun and informative. If you have anything to add, feel free to chime in on at runnyrepeat on Instagram or in the comments in the show notes. And yeah, I will talk to you soon. Have a great run. For listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.